Welcome to the History of the Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures in comic art and literature, the Batman. My name is Adam Silverstein, and as always, I am joined by London. From the shadows, Shadow Adam. Will he appear? No one knows. History of the Batman with London is produced and engineered by Mason Booker. History of the Batman this week is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate. Do you know what it is? It's a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. London, you know about Loot Crate, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Loot Crate's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, for less than $20 a month, you can get a six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique, one-of-a-kind items, and more. I recently got the Deadpool box, or that had Deadpool stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Really? I loved it. <laughs> it had this cute little collectible. I got a t-shirt. I mean, it was it was the best oh, box yeah. they've done. They have like t-shirt. They have like socks. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> so make sure to head over to www.lootcrate.com slash H-O-T-B. We're in there. We got a name in there. That stands for History of the Batman. And enter the code H-O-T-B-3 to save $3 on any new subscription. London, how you doing? I am doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, good, good. It's good to pay the bills like that, huh? (laughs) So, London, we had a great show last week. We had a wonderful guest. Yes. And this week, we are also blessed with a wonderful guest yes we are i'm very excited to have this guest on the show So before he starts speaking why don't you tell me a little bit about this guest <laughs> well he is a composer for some of well, a lot of the dc original animated movies such as batman year one all-star superman batman the dark knight returns part one and part two and so much more and he is christopher drake how are you doing i'm good thanks for having me guys oh thank you you have done the scores and soundtracks for so many films and i love it all so i am a personal fan (laughs) thanks that's awesome i feel like i should have scored this intro that that build up like i need some (laughs) D minor going on. You know what? You could do that. We could talk we after won't the show. Talk, we to, talk you. to my people. <laughs> oh, you got people. You got people. It's over. Man. I know all the people that you, you got your whole posse here. That's right. Yeah. So, real quick, I have a basic question. So, what is it? What do you, how does a composer compose? I mean, what does that mean nowadays? <laughs> what it, indeed, what does that mean nowadays? Um, how does a composer compose? What the pro, you mean? What is the process? How does it? Yeah, everything. Yeah. Okay, I mean, so basically, so if, if we're going to keep it focused on Batman, I usually get a call from Bruce Tim at some point, and um, uh, we hear about, uh, well, for example, you know, um, under the Red Hood or something like that. And uh, what I'll do is I'll go in, and Bruce usually produces them, um, but he's very hands-on. Um, there's a director, um, different directors have done the films that I've done, but Bruce kind of really has a lot of notes for music. It's different than a, than a, a motion picture or a television show where a director um, has, is more of the auteur of it, but Bruce is kind of an overseeing thing. So usually I go in, um, and uh, the most exciting thing is signing the contract. Yes. And then you go in, and you go, this is going to be fun. 
and then you uh, start it, uh, start working on it, and you go, this is going to be a little bit hard. And then, Are we allowed to curse on this show? Uh, you can, but we might bleep you. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I was say, the, ne- the next part is like, this is crap. I'll, I'll keep it to crap. And then it's like, I'm crap. And it's like, well, this isn't so crappy. And it's like, <laughs> well, this is pretty good. And that, the pretty good part usually comes uh, months later after revisiting. But usually I go into visit, um, I go into the to Warner Brothers and um, we have what's called a spotting session. That's the first part of the process where I sit down with uh, Bruce and whoever the director is, Sam Liu, Jay Oliva, um, you know, whoever's working on that show. And we do what's called the spotting session, which means we look at, at this point, it's usually what's called an animatic. So it's not even finished animation. It's like sketch storyboard, kind of very crude looking stuff. And we talk about, you know, first of all, like what is the language of the music? What styles? It should it be an orchestral score. Should it be a 1980s synth sounding score? What kind of, um, what's the tone of the music? Um, and then we talk about where music should be and almost just as important where it should not be, mm. um, where the ins and outs of the music are. And then I usually go away and uh, I got about three to four weeks to, um, usually about two weeks to come up with some stuff and start playing it for Bruce. Um, and my, my studio's over the Warner Brothers lot too, so he just kind of, it's a hop and skip across uh, Hollywood Boulevard and he comes to check it out. Right, so when you're there... I mean, how? What are you playing instruments? Are you working on the computer? I mean, what? It's what is all. That? It's all. My work on, um, with the exception of uh, the video game stuff, um, like Arkham Origins, um, it was all what we call in the can, in the box, meaning um, it's all synth. So there's no, even though it sounds like orchestra, it's all, uh, it's all samples um, reproducing the sound of of orchestral instruments. So it's almost, I, I describe it as kind of like stop motion animation, but with a keyboard. So it's one, so I'm playing, you know, the drums on the keyboard. I'm playing the the brass, the woodwinds, the strings, note by note, it's all me. So the orchestration, back in the day of like Shirley Walker on the original animated series, mm-hmm. it was just pencil and paper and she was playing it at the piano and then she handed it to um, her orchestrators who at that time were Chris Carter, um, Lolita Ritmanis, and Michael McQuistian, who then later kind of carried the mantle of uh, scoring those films, uh, scoring the animated stuff. Um, anyway, so she would she would write it on a piece of paper from a piano sketch, then they would kind of blow it up for the orchestra, and then by Friday you'd have like maybe 30 of the world's greatest musicians bring it to life. Like that whole process is taken away, and it's all me. It's a one-man. Wow. I'm the alpha and the <laughs> omega and... You know, there it is. That is how composers compose now. So you yeah. compose and try not to decompose at the same time. <laughs> it's a trick. So are you a, were you, well, I'm, I'm excited because no, I've no. never heard of, <laughs> I've always wondered how this is done. Right. And you probably are trained musically, It's, I assume. I'm self-taught. Really? So, yeah, I mean, I. This I, gets crazy. Tra- right? Yeah, trained. I mean, like I. I mean, I had some basic um, music theory stuff in college, and, and but I was never in ba- like band or jazz band or orchestra when I was in high school. I was in stage crew. I was doing lighting and sound and stuff like that. Um, uh, but I um, I was always in bands. I was always musical. Um, I, the first record I had, the first three records I had as a kid, I remember it kind of imprinted on me were. Um, John Williams Star Wars you know which I think is the gateway it's yeah. for good right. or for bad where he's yes. he's the he's the father of all all composers my age um, <laughs> but then introduced me to um, to film music and, and orchestral music and then the other record I have was remember um, I don't know how 
old, this is going to date me, but there was this company called Power Records and they used to do, this is before we had videotapes. Oh, videotapes, <laughs> that, that dated me. Before we had DVDs, that dated me. Well, I mean, <laughs> you used to have to, when you were kids, you listened to records. Oh, yeah. And that was, and I had Power Records, Batman records, and with great Neil Adams artwork on them. And, um, you know, it was like, when you hear the chime, turn the page, came with like a little comic book. Oh, and I stuff. had The Hobbit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And I just actually gave uh, Shadow Adam a present. You have that right there. Oh, I do. Just to, actually, just to show you. Just to show. Oh, there it is. This is yeah. what I'm talking about. Totally. <laughs> Power yeah. records. There, there it is. Totally. Yeah. I gotta so put, my, put the put the spectacles on here. Now you're really dating yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, this is a from my personal collection. Oh, that's it's rad. The uh, Star Trek. Totally. I remember this. You do. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm not too sure. If, I remember I had this one, but I had a Star Trek. I did have a Star Trek. They, they made a bunch of them. They had Marvel ones. I had this really cool Captain America Falcon one. Yeah, it's. I think I'm sure all this stuff is like on. You can Google it, and you can probably listen to it on YouTube. All these things. But They're you, still pretty fun. Yeah. Well, you're witness to real vinyl happening. Yeah, that's re- that's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So you had those records. You got into the composing because it was. You were in the stage, and then how did the leap happen? Yeah, well, I always, um, you know, I, I was always, uh, it made an imprint on me as a kid, film music. I always noticed, um, you know, music standing out um, in my favorite movies, and I saw the same names over and over again, Jerry Goldsmith, John Williams, John Barry, um, Elmer Bernstein. And um, I noticed that there was the music there was storytelling in this music and um i always wanted to do that again it just kind of like imprinted on my you know my dna or something when i when i was young and i just had the ear for it um and then as i got older i just wanted to be eddie van halen and play the guitar and like be in bands and 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 shred on and, guitar. and where was this what what city this is i'm in i'm uh i'm in arizona mesa arizona oh yeah so you definitely want to shred at that shred point. in <laughs> shred in arizona um uh, yeah. And, uh, but I always, you know, the funny thing was I was, I was in bands, but every time I was on stage, I, I never, I mean, to be a performer, you have to get off on performing on stage mm-hmm. and I hated, I was much more happier in my studio, um, saving money, buying weird synthesizers and <laughs> kind of writing music for me again, like just kind of instrumental music. And then, um, the technology got to, to a place where you can buy, um, samples and uh, one of the first things I, I did just as as a lark to see if I can co- write music for picture which is kind of a big leap because it's one thing to just write music for yourself but you have to support a story you know with music there was um Turner Turner Classic Me- Movies had a um they had like this young composers competition and it was like a little short Lon Chaney senior um silent film and then they had a bu- it's like maybe five minutes long it was just a scene and so they had like um the competition was just, you know, write music for them, turn it in and from all over, you know, America or whatever. And I wrote a, wrote a little thing for it. And next thing I know, I got like a, you know, thing from Turner Classic Movies saying, hey, I think I went second place on that one. But oh, um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first like, oh, I can do that. So right. um, yeah, we, we from that, we, um, you know, like I just, uh, I made a decision to just to follow the dream, move to California and, mm-hmm. and make it happen. So when did you start composing, I suppose, like these animated films? Like where did that kind of, where did that start? Okay, so the, like, anim- the animated stuff, um, my 
my idea for getting in, I had a strategy uh, mm-hmm. as far as how to get into the business because you, you can't just show up and be like, hey, guys, right. I'm going to get, get in, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so my strategy was always like, okay, I'm not going to do uh, a Star Wars movie or, you know, nobody's going to take a chance on um, somebody that has no credits or anything like that. So my thought was always like to try to get into um, animation because I felt like, you know, usually the people um, that were making anime, like, cartoons and stuff on Cartoon Network were younger, my age. Mm-hmm. They don't have crazy budgets. Um, they might be willing to take a chance on, you know, some somebody younger or whatever. I realize that wasn't the case. It's just as, as hard to get into uh, into animation as it is um, uh, anything else. But um, I happened to, um, uh, my music was heard by Guillermo del Toro. And uh, he uh, gave me uh, my break on the Hellboy animated movies. Right. And so I did, um, there was two of them. There was supposed to be three, but I guess they didn't sell well, which is really a bummer because the third one was, uh, it was this cool Lobster Johnson, um, I don't know if any Hellboy fans here on a a Batman podcast, but um, (laughs) it was a really cool story. Oh, they crossover. um, Yeah, yeah. Um, But um, so from that, from the Hellboy stuff, that's Bruce Tim had seen it. Okay. This is around 2007, 2000. Something like that, yeah. Somewhere of 2000, yeah, 2005, 2004, somewhere. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Um, because at the time, Warner Brothers was doing an experiment with these DirecTVs, and they just did, I think, um, you know, they did the their cover of um, The Death of Superman. Um, that was their first, oh, it's edgier and, and direct, a, direct a video they can get around the whole um, network rating thing that always kind of plagued um Bruce and, and Paul Dini and, and Alan Burnett on the um, animated, the, the televised animated series. So I think they were ch- seeing what, Bruce was seeing what the competition was and he, he watched um, uh, Hellboy. And then I got the phone call from Warner Brothers, which is really funny because I have this music executive, this vice president of music that's like, hey, so um, there's this guy named Bruce Tim and he heard your music. And um, and I'm like, she's like explaining to me who Bruce Tim and I was like, and I'm like, I'm just playing it cool. I'm like, uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my God, Bruce Tim <laughs> likes me. And uh, and she's like, yeah. And they're talking about doing this Batman anime thing that's kind of tied into the Christopher Nolan thing. And I don't know if you're interested. I'm like, yeah, you know. We'll see. Yeah. Talk to my people. <laughs> and I just I hung up. I'm like, Bruce Tim likes my stuff. Um, and that was that was a trip, like going onto the lot the first time and like walking into the room and Bruce's Bruce Tim, who I mean, and again, like I should back up a little bit and, and let everybody know that a lot of composers, I mean, they get a gig and they're like, oh, cool, Batman. That's a cool like prestige thing. And like, I'll get a lot of publicity and like, oh, you know, it'll be a rad job. But like, I love this stuff. I mean, I ha- I have a deep love um, for for comic books and genre stuff, and and so uh, so real quick before yeah. you go into yeah. the Bruce Tim meeting and all that, yeah. what what is your love for comics? Where you said yeah, it's where deep. Did that start? How did, where did that start? I, I think I mean it really it really started when I was when I was younger. I mean, probably my entry point was not not even you know this is this is goofy not even comic books but just being exposed to this like in you know the 70s when i was when i was little and you know on tv you had adam west batman you had the bakshi spider-man cartoon was on um and uh, i just you know you would go to 7-eleven and get a slurpee and every time we went there it was like a, i got a marvel slurpee cup and so i mean i was like even before i could read i was like exposed to 
um, the stuff, you know, Christopher Reeve, Superman. So in the medium, and then as I got a little bit older and obviously could read, um, out of kindergarten and stuff like that, I, I started to, to really get into it. And then, I mean, when I got, when I was in junior high, that's when I really, I really started to geek out and, and got into the Alan Moore and, you know, the, the, obviously the Frank Miller. I remember, um, I remember going to the comic book store, getting the Dark Knight Returns in 86 and just like, you know, that was just an event, Watchmen, things like that. And, um, we were right there at ground zero when all that stuff happened in, in 86. So, um, uh, that imprinted on me, Sandman, you know, all that stuff. Um, I loved Animal Man, you know, I really got into that. Grant um, Morrison. Yeah. Grant Morrison's mm-hmm. just, you know, amazing. And so, um, yeah, it's always been, it's always been a part of me and like, I've, Specifically, Batman. I've just loved. I've I've always loved that character. Well, you knew Bruce Tim then going in. Yeah. So, so so getting so getting yeah. You know the the you know the pre part to that is Batman the animated series was um, just a groundbreaking achievement. Not only an anime. I remember, and I remember when it was advertised as like oh Batman the animated. And I literally at this point like I think I was in maybe high school and I was like this is just some bogus like cash and like everything else it's going to be a lame cartoon that's cashing in on a movie like Ghostbusters or like whatever cartoon and I remember it came on primetime as on Fox mm-hmm. when, when the Fox channel was new and I was blown away not only by the style and um, the performance and the, and the storytelling um, but also the music and the lack of music it was spot it was again getting back to spotting what that what I was talking about where music is and where music isn't it's funny if you watch all those old um, the the original Batman the animated series there's no music ever in the Batcave right. it's just all just bats and water and stuff and I asked <laughs> I asked Bruce one time I'm like what's up with that and he's like it's just a it's a cool sound environment it's like that it's that um I'm trying to think, um, he had a he had a he had a goofy joke of an uh, analogy to that, but it was it was um, the fact that he even comes up with that and thinks that yeah, <laughs> the cave cannot have music, and you picked up on that obviously, and you know, and it, right, it makes it has place a sound of its own. It has a sound <laughs> of its own, but it also gives you a break because if it's music, just no no no, you know, like you just you're you're beating over the head with it, so it's almost like everything that happens into the bat cave is an info dump. There's, it's just like, oh, who's, you know, we've, we've dragged down so-and-so to like whatever. And, um, or, you know, uh, we, we found, um, you know, um, Harvey Dent's like whatever. So it's, so it's always like, you need to kind of clear that space up for information. So it's like, you don't want to convolute it even more with music. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the animated series was just, was just amazing to me. It really changed, uh, how I looked at and appreciated it. And I, and I also, I mean, get, getting back to, I guess even before when I was a kid, I loved the Fleischer Superman cartoons, oh, yeah. and this was really tied into. It's like I was like, oh wow, this was this isn't just some bogus like, you know, thing. Like these guys have love. They 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 get the material and the writing, and it just was amazing. It was the best representation of Batman. Blew the Burton you know stuff out of the way when I saw it. So were you sharing this with friends, or was this you solo, pretty much appreciating? the art of comics and pop culture i had a i had a couple of friends my good friend um jason hollows uh and i grew up um and and we were we were in into into it a lot but i think i probably carried the flag you know it's, it's interesting um i don't 
are you guys native? Are you Californians? Or are you, we're all oh, from somewhere else? You I'm are. not. Ohio. Ohio. So maybe, I, I'm, I don't know what it's like in Ohio, but it's, it's funny. We take for granted being here in Hollywood. We're surrounded by, this is like a nexus where that's drawn people that love genre. And, you know, it, it's 2016. It's kind of nerd culture is... is pop culture it's pop right. culture it's the it is the status quo but but back then it's like you know I, I was the weirdo that watched star trek or like you know doctor i'm talking tom baker doctor who on on pbs at 10 o'clock at night um and you you, you don't you don't advertise that unless you want your bike stolen you know when i when i was a kid so um, so yeah, I, I was probably the geekiest out of, yeah. out of everybody. But then you come here and you're like, oh wow, well, there's people geek. that sur- surpass me. We, they all just moved out. We were, they're all beaten up in their hometowns. We, we moved to LA. Yeah, that's the beauty of LA. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Right. So you have enjoyed comics you're mm. pretty much your whole life, and so yeah. now you got a call, and Bruce Tim wants you to do. I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about Batman Got- on Gotham Knight, right? And that's the anthology that's right. in the anime style and it's set in between Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins and the Dark Knight now I had a question about at least the score was there any influence from those movies that was my first question when I got the gig I was like is there any (laughs) continuity like Hans Zimmer and all that did you have to take anything or a little anything from that it's interesting when I I first yeah that that thing was by the way it was called Batmanime when I signed on (laughs) the they call it Gotham Night, like right. Kind right. of awesome, yeah. Though, but okay. I, I still think of, I still think of it as Batman to me. That's awesome um, because because at the time they had never. Um, that was a weird project in retrospect because that was my first project, but I realized how alien and different it was. It was like the most punk rock thing Bruce did, yeah. Because he was just like, we're just going to turn it over to Japan and we'll see what kind of mutated thing comes back. <laughs> um, so to answer your question, yeah, the 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 first thing was. Um, I can't remember, like, I think Jonathan Nolan, I think he read, like, he wrote, like, um, just kind of an, a through-line outline um, through the whole thing. But then each um, screenwriter, like J- Josh Olson, uh, did the, the first one, Have I Got a Story for You? And I'm trying to think, oh, Goyer did. So Goyer, who wrote, right. you know, um, co-wrote uh, everything, um, did uh, In Darkness Dwells. And, I, you know... It, out of all those shorts, I, I'm, I'm I feel so lucky because those are the two ones I would have picked <laughs> to score because I love monster stuff mm-hmm. and I love um, yeah it, and I love the art like I know have I got a story for you like a lot of people are like oh, it's ugly Batman's all all fat and weird but I, I love how. <laughs> I love art that is weird and is challenging and strange and like I, I just absolutely love love that piece. Um, so originally, um, it's funny too because they were trying to get the original voice cast. They were trying to get right. C- Christian Bale. They were trying to get Gary Oldman. They were trying to get um, you know Morgan Freeman. But they were I think they were all in like Hong Kong filming Dark Knight at the mm-hmm. time or, or doing pickups or something. It was just a nightmare. So. Um, I remember we got like extra time then like right before Christmas. They're like, okay, we got to mix really quick. And then I think Bruce just pulled the plug and just said, you know what? Let's call in Conroy. Let's just call in Conroy and seal, <laughs> seal the deal, man. And that was, that was the icing on the cake for me as, as cool as it would have been to have like the, the movie cast in it's Kevin. It's Conroy. Kevin Conroy. And I'm writing and I had, and that was the most surreal thing. It's like, I'm writing, um, music. And I mean, this is a story I've told, um, a, a couple times, but just to just to back up and give you um, 
some story on Kevin Conroy. So when I was living in Arizona, they used to have these Warner Brothers stores that mm-hmm. were, um, you know, they would sell art. They would sell like sell art and like, you know, collectibles and stuff like that. And um, they had one in, in Scottsdale. And this is like, ni- this is the 90s. So this is like 97 or something like that. And Kevin Conroy was going to be in town signing autographs <laughs> for whatever this, um, I think it was like a, a Batman animated cell or something came out. And so I was like, cool. like, I want to meet Batman. So, um, I want to meet Kevin. Con- <laughs> I just said, I want to meet Batman. I want to see- meet Kevin Conway. No, right? it's really the cool. same. We, we all want to meet Batman. <laughs> we all meet, want to meet Batman. <laughs> so I went there with my, um, my son at the time and my mom to kind of wrangle him, uh, wrangle us as, cause waiting in line with a, with a little kid is, you know, whatever. So he'd be, be kind of trying on, on the nerves. Um, so, Kevin shows up, and again, this is like right around like the internet's happening, so nobody knows what Kevin looks like. They just know right. his voice. So he just he just rolls in the store, and people there's like the Space Mountain line of people like waiting to get their you know <laughs> their stuff their stuff signed. And Kevin just looks around, and then he, he does the he stands in the middle of the store, and he does the I am vengeance, I am night, I am you know does the line. And people just trip out, and this old woman was standing next to him, and she doesn't even understand, know what was going on. And she's just like, "This guy is going to shoot the place up." And uh, and so we finally get we, we get up to him, and I got my stash of you know nerdy stuff for him to sign or whatever. And you know, I'm not a I, I'm just like cool, thank you, that's great. And here's my son. Would you mind taking a picture? Um, the voice of Batman. And then my mom goes, Mr. Conroy, my son's a composer and someday he's going to move to Hollywood and he's going to write music for you. I'm like, oh, oh. I'm like totally, my face totally turns red. And, and Kevin Conroy is totally classy guy just goes, Chris, follow your dream. And the Batman voice, follow your dreams and I look forward to the day I work with you. And so 10 years later, man, I'm writing music. For Kevin Conroy as as the bat, did you Batman. tell him the story? I told him the story, and then um, I got to see him recently. Uh, I just did a movie called Yoga Hosers last summer with Kevin Smith. Kevin Conroy has a cameo in it. This is the most meta thing ever. Okay, so <laughs> I'm on set because I too have a cameo in Yoga Hosers, and we're I'm, we're disgruntled people in this like kind of Seven Eleven thing. And so I'm on screen with Kevin, and Kevin kind of does a little Batman joke. Um, he just has a cameo, and he to- totally does the Batman voice and everything. And then, so, like, I'm in the shot, and then, as a composer, Kevin's like, Drake, you got to do some Batman. got to got to do your Batman thing right here. Just, <laughs> I'm, so I'm like, I'm scoring Bat... I'm scoring Kevin with me in the background with me doing an impression of my Batman music on top of it for like 30 <laughs> seconds. And it was like a feedback loop of like, what? That's great. But I saw, but I saw him. I, so this is kind of funny because we were waiting to go on set and there was just kind of like this base camp because the, this, the, it was an actual like Seven Eleven kind of place where that was filmed. And I was just killing time. I was in this room where it was like where they had craft services set up and like food. I thought I was in there by myself and there happened to be a piano. So I was just noodling around on the, on the piano and I look over my shoulder and Conroy's just sitting in the back listening to me like reading a book or something. And I, I didn't even know he just showed up like Batman. He just materialized <laughs> in the thing. And then I totally did the minor chord and he looked up and I, I went over and... Uh, and just talked about it. And I actually brought the picture that we took of me and my son. And he goes, wow, we were all so young. But it was just, uh, he's a great guy. Kevin's Kevin's a really, he's a really cool dude. So nice to hear. Yeah. I know. That, 
Batman is actually is a good guy. He's the best. He's super nice. He's super cool. So you got to score Batman, Kevin Conway, and mm-hmm. in Gotham Knight. Yeah. And so that was like your first major like experience dealing with Batman. So I'm sure right. that was amazing. And then you right. go on to do different DC movies. You deal mm-hmm. with different heroes. You do the Wonder Woman. Yeah, that was next. Score. I think, yeah. Yeah, you do Wonder yeah. Woman. And you even do the Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Public Enemies, yeah. yeah. Um, and so those were those were also great movies and great scores. <laughs> but your next major one was Under the Red Hood. Under the Red Hood, right? Yeah. And that's off of Judd Winnick's arc story arc, big right. Under the Hood. And that's the first time you really see Jason Todd, the character in like anime movie in anything. And that's true. That, I never thought of yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. movie at the time, at least I think the DC original movies now are seen as much darker than even like the other films or other yeah. animated movies you see. But right. at that time, Under the Red Hood was relatively a dark story compared to the other things coming out. So yeah. you having to make the score for that movie kind of where did, did you did you read the comics or what did you go to a different place to kind of make that score a little bit right. darker or kind of how did you form the music for that movie? Well, let me let me just put in context a bit what you just said about that being like a really dark um, story. So this is interesting because we're right on the eve of an actual anime R-rated animated adaptation of The Killing Joke. Yes. So you doing so the music? Exciting. I know. Are you? Can you? No, okay. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not doing the music. <laughs> I was going to ask you. Been. I was going to ask you that later. But I know, since I know, we're here, <laughs> I, I, know, I know. I know who is, and it's in good hands. Um, okay. What, what well, I what good. I was going to say though is that that's what we were going to do. It wasn't the killing joke. It was like okay, we're. I'm, I'm sorry. It wasn't the Red Hood. It was like we're doing the killing joke. And I was like, wow. Oh, and wow. then Bruce was like, yeah, I don't know how we're going to do it with an R <laughs> with an R rating. Then the Watchmen came out. Zack Snyder's Watchmen came out mm-hmm. and it did okay, but not enough where it did enough for Warner Brothers to go, oh, R-rated superhero movies just, they, they're, they don't work. We're so going to need we're, Marvel to do it first. And then exactly. we'll have to do it. No, totally. Um, and so, so Watchmen killed um, the killing joke at that point. And then it was like, oh, well, we got the Red Hood. Let's do, let's do that instead. Um, and I was really, um, that was an interesting, uh, that was an that was an interesting um, experience because uh, the timeline on that was really uh, compressed as far mm-hmm. as writing music. And the reason for that was um, I originally wrote um, – that was uh, Brandon Vietti directed it. And he kind of had an idea. We, we, we He wanted it more to be kind of like in the Batman, the animated series style of music where he wanted it to be very gothic, mm-hmm. orchestral, dark, um, but, but orchestral. And I wrote about maybe uh, 20 minutes of music for it. And then at some point, um, a producer higher up at Warner Brothers is like, ah, man, all these movies are sounding the same with this orchestra stuff. The kids want to hear guitars and like electronic stuff and like whatever. And like, uh, we were like, oh, okay. So (laughs) it went from, like I said, I usually have about four weeks and it turned into like, okay, rewrite everything. You got two weeks, um, go. And so that was that. It's funny because a lot of people, a lot of people really like that that movie and love that yes. score, and I just think of it. I just, I just go, oh, that's the one. Like you know, that that almost killed me because <laughs> I had two, <laughs> two weeks to do it. Um, and in a way, um, but you know, it's like sometimes, like when you ha- when you have time taken away and you have no time to think, you just jam it out. And um, 
Um, you know, and I, I had to bring a couple guys in to kind of help orchestrate that thing and write some, write a little bit of additional music on it. But, um, yeah, I think it turned out the way it turned out so well, just, just sometimes, you know, again, that lack of time to overthink something and just, you just make it happen. It just worked. Yeah. And like work, we got to do some work real quick and pay the bills. So one (laughs) second. And we're back. We're back. There you go. Paid the bills. (laughs) Bam. So the Red Hood, it worked under a short period of time. And like you said, that is definitely a fan favorite movie. Anytime I talk to anyone on the blog or listeners, that is one of their favorite movies. I spent more time, I spent the majority of time that I had on that doing the beginning because, again, as a comic book fan, I'm like, you know, this is, this is, um, um. this is the you know calling in to kill Jason Todd like the the eight hundred number on the back of you know death in the fa- it's a death in the family. Yeah, so and, uh, do you take advantage of all this? Like when they ask you to you know score a film, do you say I need a lot of source material? Yes, you Can you please send me every graphic <laughs> yes. novel? And, and I the, need issue number one signed <laughs> by every sign. Well, that's something. Else. I mean, the reality is. Um, I think that's what's what's kind of fun. Um, why Bruce likes working with me. Besides, I mean, we could, I can just hang out and talk about old Boris Karloff movies with, with Bruce all day. It's just it's just a fun hang. Like we usually watch the movie, and then we just shoot the crap for like you know an hour or something like that, or two hours, and just talk about old monster movies. But um, nobody has to bring me up to s- speed, you know, as to like what these stories are. And and I don't. I mean, chances are I probably. I think Under the Red Hood, I did have that. What that was a. Uh, uh, an arc I wasn't hip to. I had to. I did. I did get um, the graphic novel of that, mm-hmm. and it was interesting reading that and just and then seeing um, the translation of that. How also adapted by um, Jud, it's Judd Winnick. Judd Winnick. Yeah, yes. Judd Winnick. Um, he he also did the. I think the screenplay yes, for he did it. The so screenplay. so it wasn't like some dude came in and like you know hacked <laughs> it up. It's like that that guy kind of refined his own story, and um, I, I think it's pretty legit. And in a way, like it's a lot more streamlined too. There's a lot of um, the changes that he made, I think, kind of worked not only for time for for a movie, but I, I think worked story wise as well. When you read a comic, do you have music going on in your head? Sometimes, depends depends what it is. Um, yeah, you know, I I guess I do. Um, some, I mean, because you're actually getting to ultimately do that. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like if yeah. I'm reading a story and I have a song or a, a you know some composition playing in the, my mind, and then I get a chance to actually do that. Right, exactly. right, right, right. Yeah. That's pretty fantastic. Right. And I mean, even for the character Jason Todd, like right. when you were reading the story or kind of looking at, you know, the storyboard or what, or anything like that and seeing like the angst and all of like yeah. that built up in him, did you have some type of music in mind? I, like, do you have that for characters? I had, you know, like it, it's interesting because that I remember, okay, so we got the, the, we got the note. I think as far as I remember, I was saying there was two there was two scores to that. Like originally it was a very orchestral score, but we got the note to change it. I had just almost finished the death and the family part at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was too deep into it with this like alternate score. Right. But in doing that, I kind of discovered there's actually, um, I'm very like driven by the visual, like as far as like what inspires me, what, cause you know, I think writing again, you know, I'm not writing music as a, as a recording artist, that's like an expression of whatever my feelings or whatever. I have to support the story and the image. And there was stuff when 
if you watch um, Under the Red Hood, where the Joker is savagely, savagely beating Jason with a crowbar, mm-hmm. there's a part where Jason smiles and his tooth is broken. There's right. a little bit of blood. And I had this little guitar thing that was just kind of an, an F you, like kind of like <laughs> thing. Like like he's he, it's almost like, wow, this this kid ain't right either. There's something wrong with it. So that that was kind of a thing where it was like finding a, a dark uh, a dark part in it, but that that was I remember that specific moment. Like this, this kid just got the crap beaten out, beaten out of him with a crowbar, and he's like, "That's all you got," and he's like missing a tooth. <laughs> so yeah, totally. Very awesome. Um, and so after Under the Red Hood, you, oh oh, real quick, you, yes. I do have one. Yes, you did a uh, <laughs> you did some music for a a short called Samurai Songs. Do you remember that? Oh no, I think. Uh, or what did you do for no, that? No, I think that's just a documentary on the um, music for uh, for Hellboy. For I think that was uh, yeah, I, I think that's what that is. Really? It's, yeah, the first Hellboy thing I did was a. Um, it, it was Hellboy in Japan. It was all Japan, okay. Japanese mythology. Anytime I see some samurai, I get a little. There excited. was there <laughs> was there was definitely um, yeah that whole score was definitely. Uh, I did my homework on uh, on Jap- feudal Japanese music. There's quite a bit of it in there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you continued with anime movies. You did All-Star Superman, yeah. which is a great Grant Morrison yeah. story. And you did a Green Lantern, the Emerald Knights. Emerald Knights, yeah. That and was actually debuted at Comic-Con, I think. I think all, you know, yeah. all these debut at some kind of Comic-Con. <laughs> or either WonderCon Comic-Con or, or Comic-Con. Comic-Con. WonderCon. Yeah, 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 totally. So, have you ever gone to any of like the debuts? Kind Absolutely, of? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I that's because we never get to see. Um, you never get to see it with an audience. You know, it's direct to video, and and I'm in my cave. You know, writing <laughs> stuff, and it's off. And like, it's kind of cool to see people respond to it. The the irony of it is the sound is such garbage in those rooms. It's like a giant. <laughs> it's just a giant acoustic barn where it just you're just oh I can't even. It just cringe, and you can't. You can bear, all I can hear is the the bass coming out. Um, it's but, not giving it justice. No, man. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> wow. Well, the next uh, Batman movie that you did, and you said that you read Frank Miller and of the course. comics, so you yeah. and you scored Batman Year One. Batman Year One, which is a Frank Miller, David Mastrichelli arc, and that's like the modern Batman origin. It really is, and you know, and it's Bruce Timm's. He, between the two, that's his preferred thing. He said, you know, I know Dark Knight Returns is his thing, but he's like, I think Batman Year One, he just, he, he'd always kiss it, just <laughs> put it down. He's like, masterpiece, masterpiece in writing. And I, you know, it's those two titles, because there's a couple, um, I have a friend, Rob Crawl, who who does music on um, some of the other titles. We, we would kind of alternate for a while um, between the two of us, but I told Bruce, I was like, you know, when it comes to Batman Year One, and this is before even Dark Knight Returns was was announced. I'm like, I'll just put me in a ring. I'll I'll kill someone. I'll 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 hand to hand like Star Trek style. You know, give us give us two like axes, and and I, I will kill somebody to uh, to score those things because it's it's Batman Year One. Right. So um yeah so that was really that was really interesting. The score is kind of um odd in that movie though, in the fact that it's kind of proto Dark Knight Returns, and that Bruce was like. Maybe it should because again it is based in the eighties. Um, he was like, maybe we should kind of have some period, um, you know, writing a, a style that's eighties style. But I think he was a little weirded out when I started playing the analog thin stuff because he thought it was 
distracting. So he really was like minimalism, bring the music. Like、mm-hmm. it's very sparse. It's very sparse. And he kept like referencing heat. That was Bruce's thing. He just leaves like heat. Heats the, heats the soundtrack. And I was like, Bruce, you know, Heat's a 90s movie, right? That has nothing to do with the 80s, I think. But I think as a composer, you kind of have to try to decipher、um, what the director is thinking. And I think what Bruce was getting at was a Michael Mann kind of feel.、Mm-hmm. So、um, that's what we try to do. And obviously, the end titles are very Heat inspired.、Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a cool. That was a cool movie. Did you feel any type of、uh, pressure or challenge to try to do year one since it's such an important Batman story? D- definitely. I mean, like, I felt, I felt、um, pressure. I mean, the first one, getting back to、um, the first Batman thing I did, like I said, the most exciting thing is being like, yeah, I'm doing this. Then I'm like, oh my God, I got to do this. And, <laughs> you know, and it's by like, myself. By, by myself. <laughs> I don't have an orchestra. Um, <laughs> But, it, but, it, but I do feel that weight of having to n- represent the history of that title and do it justice as a fan. And also the history, the legacy of incredible music and composers that have come before me from Shirley Walker and, and Danny Elfman, and、um, again, Lolita, Chris, and, and, and Michael with her team, and then now Hans Zimmer.、Um, yeah, it, it's just like I, it's, a, it's a high bar. I, I always. Kill myself to try to meet. And with all those composers that you mentioned, did, for the movies that we've discussed, have you taken any musical cues from them or were you inspired by anything they've done and just kind of put your own like twist on it? Well, here's the thing with Batman is that、um, it's a brand. It's a, it's, it's a, and at the end of the day, it's, it is a, a Warner Brothers brand and it, it has to sound, even if you're not musical, everybody knows what. Batman should sound, music should sound、mm-hmm. like. It's got to be dark and this and that. So there, there is,、um, you can't get too punk rock with like, hey, I'm going to come in and like just do, score this with guitars.、Um, you kind of, it's, it always, the spotting sessions were always like, okay, pay no attention to Hans Zimmer or whatever's going on in the Dark Knight. Just do your thing. It's like, okay, great. And then you come back. What we like about the Dark Knight is, and we got the note, is it kind of just, You know, goes da 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 da. It's like, okay. <laughs> so you kind of have to like acknowledge the note from, like I always say, Batman, writing Batman music, there's a dress code. I can't show <laughs> up like, you know, like I got to put on the cape and, you know, whatever. It's like you can't. So, so you can't really, you try to sneak in your thing, but again, take the essence of what came before and、right. filter it through you. I, I always make the joke that I've run out of minor chords. <laughs> so I need a new. I need H minor to, to do it this. It is really so interesting、yeah. how that translates to music. It translates to writers. It translates to、sure. artists. Right.、Sure. And they all have to keep the essence of Batman. You、right. just don't always think about it with music, and yet、right. it's really prevalent. Totally. Exactly. Um, so, you did year one and then you did Justice League Doom, Justice League which Doom, you,、yeah. you said you're kind of. <laughs> well, Justice League movies are funny to me because, like, it seems like there's, like, the writers just have this wheel, like, when it comes to writing the story, and it's、mm-hmm. like, on the wheel, it's like, problem, problems with Aquaman, Aquaman's a dick, or <laughs> alien invasion, or parallel universe. Spin the wheel. What's it going to land on? It's like. Or all three. Aquaman's a dick, there's aliens, and there's parallel universe Justice League. So,、um, because you got the Justice League, you, it's like you got to find a problem that, you know,、uh, 
is bigger than than all of them. Um, I think Grant Grant Morrison, Howard Porter, the JLA those mm-hmm. those comic books were um, those are great. The White Martians and everything. I love I love that stuff. Um, and that's I think they kind of they did that um, in the um, Justice League uh, animated series. So um, yeah, Justice League Doom. It was kind of cool. It was like thinking about like Batman's you know his contingency if everybody goes rogue or right. whatever was um, it did you have to score it differently since it's not just batman yeah. because it's it's the whole league i wrote like a justice league theme i, I actually there was another movie i started called uh Cri- justice league crisis on two earths mm-hmm. um and i wrote maybe 15 minutes into it and um my best friend um, was dying from a brain tumor and I had to pull out of that. I was very fortunate that I had my good friend Jim Venable who's another composer that did mm-hmm. Samurai Jack and Powerpuff Girls and, and he's just like, hey man, I got it. And Bruce Tim, and again, prop, props to, um, this is just, uh, I'm out on a personal level, Bruce Tim and everybody at Warner Brothers, they're just good human beings that they let me, like, they were just like, you know, we're, we got it covered, Jim's great go do your thing, be a human being. And that's, you know, hard to find in Hollywood where there's no time for, you know, you're working on holidays. There's no sick days. It's just, Mm -hmm. you got this ultimate deadline. That is nice. And it was really, it was really great. And so I had written a justice league theme for that, which I got to use a reprise and kind of build on for, um, for uh, justice league doom. Very nice. And right after that, we're at the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. One and two. So, of course, Dark Knight Returns is a major groundbreaking mm-hmm. book. The book. So, when you heard you get to score that, I mean, what went through your mind? He's like, I already did year one. I know, but... No, but that but that was... Well, year one was Bruce's <laughs> ultimate thing, but Dark Knight Returns. And it was the first time they did... Um, I think they... I don't want to say using the phrase, they learned a lesson from All-Star Superman. Um <laughs> The thing with All-Star Superman is that book, um, it's interesting because it translates as a graphic novel. Um, it's one thing to read it um, where it's very serialized, but then putting it into a 70-minute film, it's super compressed. Right. And they're like, we, I don't think we can do this with The Dark Knight Returns. It needs to be two, two things. Parts. Yeah. And so, um, again, that was another thing where... Um, you know, I was like, they're doing the Dark Knight Returns. And I told Bruce, like, I'll kill... Who you got? Put me in a ring. I'll kill him. I'll kill them all. Let Batman sort him out. And then... Um, so, yeah, we, we, we started that. And, uh, again, that was... I think... I, I've said this a couple of times, but that was the ultimate... Yeah, I'm going to do this. The Dark Knight Returns. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> it's the Dark Knight Returns. What... And here's the other conundrum that I have. Um writing music for Batman this is this is weird and I, I think I've taken great joy in listening to Hans Zimmer talk about working on Batman v Superman because at the time I think I am the only I think I can go on record saying I'm the only Batman composer that's done I don't know what five or six Batman movies but I've had to throw out the title the main theme the, the thematic whatever Batman right. theme and reinvent the wheel every time because each one of those stories is not in continuity has different different act voice actors different character designs and they're always like okay well it's like how many t- how many composers do you know that's like or you know i just wrote the james bond theme it's the most perfect theme ever okay we're doing a daniel craig one like throw that all out and write a new james bond theme that's just as awesome as that so um that was the ultimate like now i've got to come up i've i don't know how many times i've done a batman theme right. so what was the process to do this theme since it's 
it's this Batman. It's- right. Well, I taught, I, you know, I, I broke it down. The, it, out of all of them, it was really important to kind of wrap my head around what the, um, I talked about this before in the spotting session where the first thing we go is like, what style is the music? Mm-hmm. Um, is it an orchestral score? Yada, yada, yada. Um, and this time, this thing, um, this project, it was important looking at the animation to establish this takes place in 1986. Because if you look at the animation, you know, Reagan doesn't show up until part two. There right. isn't really, there's, you know, there's the mutants, which I don't, in the eighties, I don't remember people wearing Jordy LaForge, like, you know, you know, eye Cyclops. blades and right. yeah, yeah, Cyclops blades are like and having like Maybe horns. the reporters could kind of tell you <laughs> right. what the time is. But other than that. Right, but there's nothing, no real signifiers that, that it's right. 86. So I thought, I thought two things. Let's let's really lean. I, I told Bruce, look, and he was worried. He was like, I, I'm afraid it's going to be, it's going to just be, they're going to think it's all on a Casio keyboard. It's going to be cheesy. And the the irony is now it's like, I don't know, like every independent horror movie I come out that, that I've seen that's come out, it follows or like whatever. Everything is like a John Carpenter. It's like a retro analog synth score. And like even Deadpool's like... You know, Junkie was on. He's like, ah, we we tried this experiment of having like '80s music in a superhero. I'm like, that was four years ago, son. We did that with <laughs> Dark Knight Returns. Um, but um, so I just told Bruce, look, if we just commit to that sound, and one of my favorite movies is Escape from New York, and and I love John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, look, look, if we just if we commit to that sound design to establish the thing, it'll be fine. And the other thing, artistically, what I what I wanted to do, what I wanted the music to represent was Batman's all about the return of the hero. Or, I'm sorry, The Dark Knight Return is all about the return of the hero. Mm-hmm. And so Batman's kind of old, he's an old man, and I wanted the analog um, synth music to represent the, the city and the state of corruption it was in and just this modern thing. And slowly as Batman gets his mojo back... The first time you see Batman like in the suit and he does the you know he does the jump in front of the lightning and and, and lands on the car with the, the the robber the robbers, that's the first time we kind of inject a classical orchestral. We hear the brass. That's mm-hmm. that's it. The rest of it surrounding it is still synth, and you just hear the brass playing that Batman theme, but it's still supported. But as the the movie progresses. The, the the analog synthesizer stuff slowly crossfades into the organic classical mm-hmm. orchestra, and then by the end of part two, and by the time you get to the main titles of part two, it's just it's an all orchestral right. score. And also, kind of like it was just kind of funny when the EMP goes off, the electromagnetic pulse thing goes off and turns all the electricity off. We're like, okay, they turned the synthesizers off. Let's just <laughs> just have it be orchestra. So in part two, when you had to do the music for. Batman and Superman fighting. I mean, yeah. what was? How did you go into that? Since that's even in the story, that's one of the the most popular fights, well known comic scenes in Batman's history. I mean, one of the things one of the things music has to do is keep keep the pace, keep the mm-hmm. pulse of 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 the action. Um, usually, I you know I think of it as um, dialogue is the story, the sound effects are the action, but the music is the emotion and the and the the pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that that fight. Um, also, coincidentally, um, Jay Oliva, who directed The Dark Knight Returns, storyboarded Batman versus Superman. So if you, it's like whatever problems anybody has with that movie, like the fight stuff, I think is legit because Jay, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Jay, Jay, the guy who did who directed Dark Knight Returns, did, did all that stuff. Um, but um, it, it's kind of like a marathon. You just kind of go, all right, well, how can I sustain this? And you pick your moments. 
again, you know, where's the music, um, where's the music at its, at its height to push something, um, you know, when Batman finally is like, you know, I want you to remember I'm the one man who beat, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you kind of bring the, the theme in there. So yeah, it's just, um, again, it's just supporting, supporting the visual and the action. What real quick, what did you think about Batman versus Superman? No comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I work at Warner Brothers. I get it. Ah, okay. I understand. (laughs) It's a great film. (laughs) I wish I could tell you I fell asleep during it. You did? That's, that's impressive because if the one thing that I will tell you, that is the loudest damn movie I've ever heard (laughs) in my entire life. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I can't make a comment that it was because it was bad or good. I was exhausted. I saw it at 1040, and I'm an old man, too. That's impressive. I mean, it does, uh, yeah, it does, uh, it does, it does get, it take a while to get to the main event, but, uh, yeah, interesting. What did you think of the Dark Knight? Uh, I'm sorry, not the Dark Knight Returns. Batman <laughs> I did Super. like the Dark Knight Returns, right? <laughs> Especially the music. Yes, yes, the yeah. music made mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I personally. We're, I can't say it. We are going to do a, a review episode, oh, okay. so I okay. think we're going to well, try to I'll save in, all yeah. of our uh, opinions. That's a nice segue. We'll, I'll, I'll t- <laughs> tune in next. When? When is that going to happen? I say next week, kids. I was doing your own promo for if you. If not in a week, maybe two weeks. There you go. So, I'm, yeah. I'm in. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you want to come back and review it with us. Uh, no, no comment. comment. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I work for Warner Brothers. So. <laughs> yeah, what did you hear? <laughs> we get it. We get it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you scored all of these anime movies, but you also scored some video games mm-hmm. that had Batman. And yeah. you, so, first off, what is the difference between uh, scoring the movies and then scoring video games? It's pretty. It's pretty <laughs> trippy. It, it is. Um, it is a big difference. Um, well, I did two Batman-related stuff, kind of back to back. I did in, Injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty that because I the only music I wrote for that were were what were called the cinematics and that's when you beat you know you beat whatever the opponent and you watch like a little movie right. um, the story mode right? right so that's pretty you know I'm scoring that like I would traditionally um, anything uh, any kind of uh, film mm-hmm. now with um, um, Arkham Origins it's a little complicated because. There are those story mode story situations where you know you kind of like beat a boss and then you watch a little movie that's kind of a connective story thing. Mm-hmm. Again, that's traditional scoring. But in the game, this is where it gets weird. I, I describe it as like three dimensional chess. So I'm basically writing a piece of music that number one has to loop. So let's say Batman walks into a room. The first thing is there's what we call a stem. There's a layer that the the computer interactively. And this is what's crazy is. You know, um, scoring to picture is a linear thing. I know there's a beginning, there's an end, or there's like beats that I have to hit or action or, you know, something in the story. It's pretty all there. But it's a random um, nonlinear thing being in a video game where, you know, I suck at video games. So I could be stuck in this room for like, you know, an hour 50 and like... um, you know, a, a little kid will like, you know, a five-year-old will, will, will knock it out in like five minutes or whatever. <laughs> and so, okay, so getting back to what it is. So, so for example, let's say Batman walks into a room. So that initiates kind of an ambient, just kind of a moody 
piece of music that doesn't really have any kind of pulse or, or rhythm. It's just kind of a tone that goes, it's kind of creepy or sets, sets the tone. Um, you've got two doors. One door has a bunch of bad guys behind it. The other door leads to another room. So if you open up that door, then another layer plays on top of the ambient thing that kind of gives it some tension, like a pulse, and then maybe some drums kick in. And it's like layers of, of um, basically ramping up intensity mm-hmm. and uh, and also de-escalating and this is all done in the computer so the computer is like just seamlessly cross-fading all these things so you you don't even notice that you know the the the, the your playstation or xbox is is djing you know this stuff as you're playing the game <laughs> and all the all this music has to be in the same work together and work separately so it's like for one piece of music that i would normally write for a movie that's like maybe two minutes or something like that i've got to write five versions like a choose your own adventure version of this cue so it's like are you having a lot of direction with that and it's and it's interesting too because um writing music for um uh film or tv we're usually the second to the last part of the filmmaking process, meaning like, you know, the film has been shot with the actors and everything. It's been edited. And now all that's left is sound effects and music and then mixing it all together with video games. A lot of times, like for the Arkham stuff, I was there and it takes years to do a video game. I think it took like two years, two and a half years to do um, Arkham. And um, I was there at the beginning flying up to Montreal uh, where WB Games was working with our um, audio designers and just not even beyond just, you know, writing music for picture. It was, I was working with programmers to figure out, okay, well, how, when is this going to be triggered with this event? And I was looking, it was really weird because also the, I told you before, I'm very visually driven. The, um, the computer graphics aren't fully rendered. So they're just kind of, they just kind of look like Barbie dolls, like Batman, just like there's no texture or anything. It's just black and white. (laughs) And it's just like weird, Barbie dolls like moving mm-hmm. around and I'm like what am I is, what am I looking at what is this and I remember it was it was the ultimate like um disconnect because um a lot of the crew they're um native Quebecois in, in, in Montreal so they have uh some of them have a very thick you know French Canadian accents and mm-hmm. they're trying to describe the scene and they're like it needs to be a uh, very uh very sad uh and mournful and I said why because it again it just looks like two kind of Barbie doll characters and he's like well the one character is on fire because she has been murdered by the Joker I was like I, I'm glad someone told me that because I just see a triangle in the corner and a polygon I don't know what that is I didn't realize it was a burning corpse I'm like oh okay I see yeah morning sadness yeah. morning sadness <laughs> got it and they looked at me like, oh, yeah, we forgot. We have to explain. Because they've been looking at this for, you know, like right. forever. So uh, they, they're like, they know what they, they can look at, you know, triangles and go, oh, yeah, it's a burning corpse. So coming up with this soundtrack, did you have to kind of look at the other scores for like Arkham Asylum and Arkham City and kind of in a way? So always my first question. Like I said before, you, right. with, with the other one, it was like, okay, like when they first um, asked me to do it. I said, okay, is there any continuity? Because mm-hmm. this is, because again, this is a pretty, as far as video games go, this is like a brand for Warner Brothers. So I'm like, right. okay, okay, like I'm, I'm, I, it's totally cool. I can play with, within the, um, whatever of, of, uh, what was established in the past. But they're like, what I really liked about it was they were like, you know, this is a prequel mm-hmm. to those games. So we can kind of do our own thing. And we, and they really were, we want you to do, just write your own thing. Don't even worry about, um, w- what the other s- scores were. 
Um, and I, I, the, the direction I had is, um, it takes place during Christmas time. Right. So I like to, ch- to, to bring in that, that kind of, um, Christmas flavor. Right. I was going to ask you, did you bring in like traditional holiday music, like the bells yeah, and things like that? To- totally. And we, we were trying to figure out, we were brainstorming because they really wanted to, um, Eric Holmes, our director really wanted some, like a, he said, I want a, a perversion of some kind of classic holiday theme for the joker i don't think we need to write a joker theme but i want to sort of like can we do silent night and do something weird with it and i said yeah i can do whatever but it's like carol of the bells the dun, 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 dun. Yeah. that's like it's, it's just pretty evil sounding as is so <laughs> i did a I did a gnarly version of that they're like that's it that's, that's that's gonna be the joker's theme um but um yeah it just the the direction i had for that was just um ignore the other ones and just do it's a little bit more aggressive and more batman's younger um and he's mm-hmm. he's angrier and he screws up so mm-hmm. they wanted the music to be a little bit more aggro and um and aggressive i guess to to kind of match match that that character so yeah that was pretty cool i didn't really have any any continuity with anything else oh that's cool um i think I really liked the score. I mean, even though it, it seemed different than Asylum yeah. and City, but it still seemed like it flowed within just that whole series. I know it was kind of separate because it was a different studio and everything. It's, again, it, again, it's, again, it's one of those things it still where it's felt like, Batman. well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> that's, that, what's that's what I said before. It's like, <laughs> How many times can I, it's like another thing where like, okay, I can't use what I did before, but <laughs> I, I mean, I just channel, I, I've been doing it for so long. I kind of just speak, speak the language, speak the language of the bad. <laughs> I, um, I just kind of t- tapped into, you know, like, and I thought to myself, um, I'm just going to, for that game, I'm just going to filter again, all the history of the music of that character, Danny mm-hmm. Elfman's Batman Returns, that which is also took right, place at Christmas, Christmas time. Movie. I thought, like, why, why not just just absorb all that stuff and just kind of do my thing with it? So, I mean, it, 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 it was influenced by everything from the past, but I mean, even even the, I think I wasn't too hung up on the Arkham, the, the other Arkham games, because mm-hmm. if you listen to that too, it's like, I, I can tell that those guys are like, oh, we got to do something that sounds like Hans Zimmer. Or like, you, know, you can hear, you can hear, it's like, right. it's like as a composer, it's just, you know, you can, you're like, I hear where that came from. Right. See but you want to set, but you kind of set, yeah, you got to, those guys, those guys did their own thing within. So it's a, it's the same thing. You filter it. You know? Well, I definitely commend you for making a different theme for the same character, but it all sounds like it matches yeah. the character. Like oh, you cool. said, all of the movies, they have to have they have to have the, they got to sound like Bat- Batman, but right. it'd be different. Yeah. Exactly. So, is there one that was your favorite film or music to do? I gotta for tell you, it's funny. Like I just was flipping around HBO. I haven't watched Dark Knight Returns since like it came out. It was on <laughs> HBO last night. Like after. Um, uh, I was I was like oh that's an interesting oh it was after Kingsman I was like I was watching a little bit of Kingsman I love that movie and I was like oh Dark Knight's on and I watched part one and I was like that's and I usually I need distance because I mean when mm-hmm. I finish anything I'm like this sucks I'm never gonna work again this is, <laughs> this is a piece of crap um, but it takes me it takes me a, a while to get away from it and be able to uh, to enjoy it um, but I still you know all, all I do is I I hear I, I hear the mistakes you know I go oh. The percussion is is not mixed very loudly here, and it's like having a bad haircut that lasts forever. But I'm like the only person that like ever notices like the, the percussion, the bass. Has anyone a ever came up to you and pointed out something? They're like, dude, the uh, perc- there's no the percussion track was really low. Have you gotten that ever? No, <laughs> no, that's just that's just my own 
my own You're thing. the only one yeah, that I'm, notices Yeah, I'm the only it. person in the world. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of music do you listen to? Right. You know, I... It's funny. You're I not allowed to say everything. No, I no, I don't. I listen to the the uh, the furthest opposite. I I listen to a lot of old punk rock. Mm-hmm. Like I just, like because it's so not orchestral music. And sometimes I can draw up stuff from well, like from, what bands? Uh, Minor Threat, Misfits, uh, Black Flag. Uh, I mean, that's what I've been doing right now. But I but I I do yeah I do listen to a lot of music. I listen to everything. No country music unless it's Johnny Cash or. <laughs> Old, real country music right. but uh but um but yeah it's mostly did you like the dead kennedys yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um yeah i'm trying to think uh what's what's on rotation right now it's it's always like misfits or something like that but um you know it's that and talk talk radio because yeah. it's like i listen to you know i listen to i'm writing music all day long for 18 hours in the in the in the cave you know i call it the kid the studio of the cave uh and you know sometimes you just like i i don't want to hear music and I, that's the thing that i think that's the thing the only thing that kind of sucks is is being because i think a lot of composers are, are like that and that's your job the occupational hazard of it is you just need a break and when i finish it when i finish a movie the grind is on where you know you're 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 up 18 hours writing music and then that last day after you deliver it's just i just don't i just could stare at the wall and just be quiet you know not want to listen to anything man so talk radio do you do you do podcasts are you listening to those or are you i have i i have traditional talk radio i i uh i mean npr like you know whatever's on uh howard stern whatever's on but i do i have been getting into um podcasts i like a lot of the i like a lot of the um i love film um, and I love old film. There's the podcast called You Must Remember This. Um, a good friend of mine, Devin Faraci and Amy Nicholson, have a. Um, I'm sorry, am I, am I giving plugs to like? No, I don't want to. Oh, no, it's they've got, they've got a cool. It, they're all movie podcasts. It's called, called The Canon uh, that I really dig where they, they talk about movies. But, but yeah, the podcasts I usually listen to are movie film based, you know, criticism or, or review stuff, but um, o- older films. So, yeah, I, I dig that. Um, trying to think uh anything i listen to old radio but you like howard i, I like howard yeah i love yeah that. yeah I listen, to, I listen to howard uh i listen to howard every day yeah he's got he, his interviews are incredible and they, they, i've learned more about acting as a composer but i feel like i've learned more about like acting in the process of acting with him interviewing uh you know um, jeff bridges or whatever and talking about you know agents and the, the creative process it's yeah i think he's 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 the greatest interviewer. I agree. Uh, there is um, the music guests that he has. Like yeah. when he had Billy Joel on. Right. Oh, yeah, that was Billy epic. Billy Joel had the piano, and he would just talk about the songs. The process, yeah. That's actually what we're trying to do with uh, Meltdowns producing a, a show that's not out yet called the Pistol and Dagger Society. Oh, and, cool. And that's what I was telling you a little bit yeah, off yeah, the air, yeah. where we have musical guests come in with their guitars or whatever instrument they might be playing, and we interview them about the process, and then they break into song. I and... should have brought my piano. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> Maybe you could be on that uh, show. Yeah. Yeah. Bring a keyboard in. Can you? Play a bunch of D minor chords. You're, you, we're going to book you, man. <laughs> we're going to book you. I'm down. I'm That's here. awesome. Um, is, is there a particular, like comic book arc or something that if they did make into an anime movie or you'd want to score it like is there something you've read in the past you're like oh I could totally think of the music you I know, would put to this story yeah I mean I love um, 
I love the, I love the Sandman. I love I love mm-hmm. the, the serial killer um, oh, yeah. uh, arc. Um, you know, I, I love like the old. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I think they're they're making. Um, oh, I guess I can't say that over at Warner Brothers. I almost just totally <laughs> totally spilled something. Um, it hasn't been announced yet. We would have bleeped it. Yeah. I know. We would have covered it. Yeah. But uh, um, I mean, I lo- I've always loved. Uh, I like dark. Um, the dark horror stuff. I always I always love the demon and and the the supernatural. Um, you know, uh, D- Vertigo stuff and DC stuff. Um, you know, honestly, I always thought. Um, I've kind of stepped back from the um, animated stuff to kind of focus on my career on live action um, film and TV. But I was always like, you know, I, I I think I would love to do the killing joke. But if I really think about it, I'm glad I'm not doing the killing joke because it's such a, a psychological story where that's one, like you were saying, can you hear music for this? And it's like, I could go a million different ways. That reading reading that book, um, it, it's such an internal psychological thing. It's like what you know. What is what does the music sound like? Is it is it is it gothic orchestral? Is it Mel Torme? Is it like you know, or is it weird Tiny Tim? You know, um, tiptoe through the tulips. Is it you know, or or uh, Liberace? Or is it is it uh, jazz? I, you know, maybe it's all of them. I don't know. But it's just such a I'm just kind of excited for that to come out. Um, and again, I know I know who's doing the music, and I think um, fans are, are going to be stoked. It's uh, it's uh, people that have some experience with it, but uh, I can't wait as a fan to finally mm-hmm. watch one of these things and be like, "Oh, cool!" You know. And I, I had a conversation with Bruce Tim a couple of weeks ago. I was just visiting those guys on the lot, and um, he was telling me about it, and I I was just like. Dude, how do you end it? How do you end? You know the, the classic. Anybody that's you know knows that story that those classic panels without right. spoiling for anybody that hasn't. I'm like, how do you cinematically do it? And he he told me, and I was like, and I got shivers like when he told me, and I was like, that's it, man. I can't I can't wait to I'm see this. So excited! Yeah, yeah. See, I'm wearing a shirt. Yeah, I that's saw that's like it. my favorite Is graphic it? novel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I've been waiting for them to. You and Mark Hamill, yeah. I think that's and that's my only bummer. I I never got a chance to work with Mark to score something with Mark Hamill as the Joker. Um, Troy Baker kind of did a Mark Hamillish thing in in, in Arkham <laughs> Arkham Origins mm-hmm. as a younger Joker, but um, I was like ah, but but this feel like the the crew that they got on, on this it's a, it's like a homecoming, so I think it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be really cool. I think that's at Comic Con. Yep, premiering. that's premiering at San Diego this year. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that's really super exciting. stoked. <laughs> So what you said you're working on live action. What, mm-hmm. So what are you working on right now? Like what are you doing? I can't tell you, you can't sell us. Anything? Can't do. It. I was doing some homework out there though. But oh, okay. <laughs> are you are you going back to animation anytime soon? You know, I never say never say never. And but I, no. It, well, you know, <laughs> you know, like I said, I mean, if it was like, hey, we want you to do um, the, something like the Killing Joke or or Morrison's Arkham. You know, oh, like uh, um, Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum. That if they can somehow, I mean, that's a whole artistic thing where it's like I don't know how you can get. Right. That's like people have talked about. Like we're gonna, you know, adapting Marvels or you know, it's like that. Alex, how do you translate Alex Ross into? Right. It just looks like animation. So some <laughs> some things. I mean, unless you've got some crazy Disney budget to 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 do it, but it's like some things don't in the medium are great for what it is and it's like just keep it keep right. it for that so i don't know that i don't know that arkham asylum would be you know unless you because there's so much more to it than just the story of the visual dave mm-hmm. mckean's uh, artwork is so amazing in that 
but um that's what that's what kevin kevin smith always said like when i was working on tusk he's like yeah they do an arkham arkham asylum movie you're the you're the composer to do it and he would sit in them and i have like a sofa behind me and he'd go snick 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 it's like what's that he's like it's the pencil dude this music reminds you of the pencil in arkham arkham uh arkham asylum that's funny um yeah i'm trying to think like is there any other yeah i mean like i i'd be open to it but it's got to be something i really love and um the, the right people involved um yeah there you go there you go <laughs> you've said it all i have said enough that's the total we're doing the stern that, that, I, I, had right to, I had to give it to you man <laughs> i said enough i've had it it's it's you said it all i think he usually yeah. says or maybe does he say you said enough i don't know you said I'll it take all. it i've I'll, wanted to say it for so long I, I'm, I'm super you've I'm, said it all yeah you said it all so is there a way that people could follow you to see what you're working on? Do you do social yeah, media? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Drake film score, uh, at, at, at Drake film score on Twitter. And then, um, Christopher Drake music.com. You can listen to some tunes there and usually, you know, have, uh, that gets updated occasionally, <laughs> but there's a bunch of, um, the, the website's cool. There's, there's some, there's quite a few, um, DC shorts that I did that are, the videos are on there. If you, you, you want to, procrastinate uh, <laughs> you can go on there and watch a couple of uh you DC also shorts. scored um strange days yeah which was a really good short that was i think tec- <laughs> i think technically that was my last uh animated thing and that was another deal where i bruce happened to be on the lot and uh i said i heard because i heard on the grapevine they were he was working they were doing two um batman 75 shorts mm-hmm. um they had the darwin cook thing which was right. Batman Beyond and then Bruce was doing one and I was like what are you doing and he's like and he looked at me and again because we love the old universal horror movies mm-hmm. you know Dracula Frankenstein the Wolfman for Bruce definitely Frankenstein and he said uh, he said I'm going to do one in black and white and it's going to be like a universal horror movie and I was like what and, and he was like, he's like it's only two minutes long and like I'm like I'll do it for free and he's like he's like I don't think we can legally do that we gotta pay a uh, buck fifty I'll do it because I mean I, you never get to write that kind of super melodramatic mm-hmm. 40, 30s and 40s horror movie like the great Hans Salter and that used to write uh, for, for the, the universal monster movies so black and white Batman versus in, in a universal horror movie thing it's just like again it's like I don't I don't care unless you're actually find some needle drop you can license music from those movies I'm your guy because there is <laughs> nobody else uh, working in Hollywood that knows you you don't have to explain to me what that sounds like mm-hmm. and that was that was so much fun and it was just kind of trying to get that melodramatic um, style of like the old serial like Spy Smasher and stuff like that those, those old uh, Republic serials and, and the Universal horror horror movies so that was that was that was a blast I had yeah. fun doing it my favorite my favorite the darkest thing about it, my favorite thing about that is the very ending where you have I think they took the graphic of an old Warner Brothers movie where it's like a Warner Brothers picture and it comes up like you know it's, it's like the end it has the Warner Brothers logo in front of it and I got to write this like super cheesy but totally appropriate like uplifting like (laughs) like chord you know 1930s chord yeah wow i can't wait till you listen to this podcast and say (laughs) you know what they need some new music i don't do it for a buck 50 (laughs) so well they they pay me more more than that but uh, that was the that was the pitch buck 50 lowering my brand (laughs) well thank you so much my pleasure for 
talking to us about we, we, the we, creative process of this. I'm just stoked we're in, we're in Meltdown Comics and it's pitch black. We're like in this room for, I don't know if there's any pictures of what this setup looks like. We're like in a bunker in Meltdown Comics, yeah. famous Hollywood Meltdown Comics on Sunset. And it's pitch black. In, we're inside the store. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what you're evil gonna lurks. A, you're going to get a little free access to whatever you want to do some research. Yeah, We're right going to track you down, see what research you're doing, and then know what you're working on. We got it planned out. Awesome. Exactly. So thank you, yes, yes for coming. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of your music and the music you've done for the animated movies. And like I said, I commend you on the different ways you give Batman life in oh, music, so much. and it all seems different but it all speaks batman so thank awesome. you for that <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's the greatest compliment thank you so much speaking batman is what we do exactly at the history of the batman <laughs> with london produced by the great mason booker thank you mason and for all those fans out there who want to listen to some great other podcasts there is mason's own anime attic check that out you can go to meltcomics.com you can go to itunes type in meltdown type in anime attic look at all the different podcasts that we have and enjoy because mason booker is a true professional (laughs) london it's been great thank you very much peace love and batman